What's up, everybody? I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life, and whatever else comes up. We take a no-bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. go. Let's go! And we're back. And in the same place. Yeah, I've um, resigned to the fact that I'm not going to do all the changes when we batch big episodes. What's the point? It's too much. Once we start reaching over like a thousand views on YouTube, maybe maybe I'll put some effort in my my peers. Maybe I'll go full glam if we get over a thousand views on YouTube. Uh, Maybe I'll wear a prom dress. (laughs) I was literally just gonna say, my bust on my fucking wedding dress. Go get it for my mom's house. I do have mine. Oh my god, we should record in them. Uh, Mine won't fit, but (laughs) I was gonna say I don't know that mine would fit. Mm, About mm -hmm. twenty pounds heavier than I was when I got married. Oof, with I not know. I didn't have any muscle I just did cardio to get skinny I don't even want to tell you how much difference I think I am from then yeah and Ooh. I thought I was fat oh yeah well I didn't think I was fat then I didn't think I was skinny but I didn't think I was fat I wasn't I just didn't with have muscle like I do now where I'm like yeah. Yeah, bitch you look strong like you do look very strong I'm so proud you. of you bitch yeah yeah Get them pull-ups and chin-ups. I mean, without the band, it is significantly harder. Um, Yeah, (laughs) but still, you're still doing it. So what is that song? It's like, get them pull-ups right and... That's the workout song by Kanye West. Thank you. Sit-ups. I I was like, it's something. To do something. Yeah, I was like, it's something, but like, I was like, what is that Fuck song? Yeah. Tiny, tied in. Yeah, yes. Sit ups, right? Yes. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. My younger me did not know that's what that was about. <laughs> I mean, I obviously knew it was like yes. something shady, but I pulled a muscle in between my fucking shoulder blades from probably just turning your head the wrong way because literally it doesn't so. feel good. No, I was doing a splits program on um, Peloton. They have like, uh, different instructors do these programs called splits. Um, and so right now I just finished Robin Arzone's, um, three day split and hers is an advanced one where you lift heavy and it's like more like traditional lifting versus the class where it's yeah. like, um, it's not like it's sped up. Each instructor has their own different flair of how they like to lift, but it was like traditional lifting and it was really, really nice. It felt really good actually this week to do that. Good. Um, but I did, I do think I pulled something. <laughs> Because I was lifting today and I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> where'd that come from? But anyways, that's literally no, none of that is what we're talking about. But I'm, yeah, I mean, some people want some banter. So there it is. Yeah, there you go. Um, that's what we do for literally 50 minutes. Um, this episode, we are, it's 73. Yep. Okay. <laughs> we literally just recorded one and I already forgot. <laughs> Tonight we are recording. It may be daytime by you, maybe not. Maybe it is Christmas. Who knows when you're listening to this? Quite literally. Yeah, literally. Um, we're going to talk about breaking down or just acknowledging the stigma that comes with potentially having a mental health diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So take it away, Steph. I feel like I monopolized the whole conversation last time. Oh. I feel like I was like, oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> like when I sucked in air, I was like, Steph. <laughs> No, I think 
this is a really relatable topic for a lot of people for a lot of yeah well i shouldn't say a lot that's a overgeneralization but i in my experience i've worked with people who are self-conscious about having a diagnosis right i don't want to be labeled here's the thing having a diagnosis does not mean that is who you are at the core of your person, right? Like that's not Mm -hmm. labeling your soul. It is labeling something that you are coping with at that very moment, right? That could Mm -hmm. be lifelong, right? Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. Like they don't necessarily just like go away. You learn how to cope with them. I've had experience with clients on getting denied for certain things because of a diagnosis, which is honestly outlandish to me. Um, And I'm, I shouldn't say I'm surprised because I'm not, I am, but I'm not right Mm -hmm. to be denied for say like short-term disability or, um, something with your job because of a previous mental health diagnosis that does not prove to be a threat towards anybody. You're, you're still functioning in everyday life, right? There are certain diagnoses and we've talked about this in the past that people perceive to be like essentially like a death threat, right? Of like, who's going to want to date me if I have this diagnosis, who's, what did I say? Death threat. Oh, death sentence. Yes. It's um, them books you've been reading, boo. I mean, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. Oh, I can't. That's not this type of episode. Woo-wee. We are not talking about that today, everybody. We can, but not today. Oh, yeah, we can, but not today. Not. Yes. Ooh. A death sentence in terms of like, oh my God, who's going to want to date me? What if I can't get a job? Nobody's going to want to hire me if they know yeah. my diagnosis. Here's the thing. Uh, first of all, you don't have to disclose your diagnosis on a job application. First and foremost, you literally right? don't, unless you're lifting heavy machinery, but you don't have to di- disclose your diagnosis, going you have into to the disclose, military, but like, yeah, you have to disclose the meds you're taking. That's it. Right. Right. I want people to understand that when you are diagnosed with something, it is to give you a better understanding of what is going on with you. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I am diagnosed with depression, then I come to realize, wow, that's why I've been so fucking irritable or wow. That's why I have a really hard time getting out of bed every day. Or wow. That's why sometimes I feel like shit's never going to change and nothing like everything is pointless. Right. Mm-hmm. Because before that I'm assuming something is just wrong with me. Right. I'm just a shitty yeah. person, you know, or mm-hmm. somebody who has ADHD. I'm just a flighty fucking person. I'm an airhead. Mm-hmm. I can't remember anything. I'm an idiot. Right. Like all these we're labeling ourselves with the symptoms that we're experiencing versus identifying what exactly it is. So then we can treat it accordingly. Mm-hmm. I will say what, what really grinds my gears nowadays. What really mashes my taters. Does that nowadays is the glamorization on TikTok of diagnoses. You know <laughs> what? Talk Here's the it. thing. Here's the thing. It's, it's remove TikTok. Social media. Social media. Thank you. Social media. Because TikTok, TikTok is the one just delivering it full force because that's what everyone a lot, most everybody is on and seeing. Yes. But like social media is yes. the culprit. Includes YouTube, includes Instagram, includes Facebook, all of the above. Reels. Right? Yeah. All of it. They're glamorizing their own experience in hopes of relating to other people what happens is there's like this ripple effect with everybody who's watching who is then self-diagnosing and coming in to see us to be like well no i have this i relate to people who have it and i i have all of those things so i must have it okay no online (laughs) here's the thing no online quiz is going to tell you what your mental health diagnosis is none okay 
when you look at the questions, you know exactly what they're assessing for. And you have this biased opinion in your mind when you already think that you relate to those things. So you're going to answer accordingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are trained to diagnose people, whether it was we were trained at school, we were trained at a job. We have, we are equipped to diagnose people. It takes a lot to diagnose a person with a mental health disorder. I want people to understand that relating to somebody who has something that you think you have, like I get wanting the camaraderie of it, right? Or like to be Mm -hmm. understood. So there's like two aspects of it. Either you want to feel understood and you want to relate to these people or you're at the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And you're like, I don't have that. No, I don't have that though. Like Mm -hmm. that's not me, right? You want to argue all the points despite somebody who's unbiased saying, these are all of the observations I've made. These are all of the things that you've told me. This Mm -hmm. is all of the criteria that you meet. Mm -hmm. There's no shame in that. No, no. And there's no shame in relating to somebody who has a certain diagnosis or who exhibits certain characteristics. And you feeling like, you know, that really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you have it. Mm -hmm. For example, this is just off the cusp. I'm going to give Steph a set of symptoms. I'm going to play client. And she is going to give me all of the different diagnoses I could fall under. Why do I feel on the spot right now? I'm really good at diagnosing, um, but, but I just got but, caught off guard and but it, on the spot. But here's, but here's the thing. You're not, you can't, what I'm going to give you, you can't signal down to one thing. I want you to give what it every single, and here's the thing. This is how, this is how big the DSM is. She, she won't be able to give every single sure. thing that I'm about to give her because that's how big the, the DSM is, which is what we use to diagnose people. So I feel really, I'm the client. Mm-hmm. I am I'm 24. <laughs> I'm 24. Um, I I'm a fashion designer. I live in a big, I'm not a fashion designer. I am a home interior decorator. Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, I love fashion, but I'm not designing it, but I would love to design people's um, homes. Anyways, (laughs) this is fun. (laughs) Okay. I'm 24. I'm a fashion home interior designer. Stop doing that, Mari. Um, I live in a big city. I walk uh, to and from work. Sometimes I get really paranoid uh, that somebody is following me or that somebody is, um, like tracking my steps. Um, I, my friend had somebody break into her house. So I'm pretty worried about that. I feel like I check my locks, um, pretty repetitively because I'm worried about that happening. I also find it really hard to relate to people, um, who don't know what I personally am going through. Um, I sometimes interrupt a lot. I feel like I like to be, uh, the center of attention, but when the center of attention gets on me and I'm in front of all these people, I feel really judged when I'm um, speaking in front of my colleagues, like when I'm kind of presenting like whose home I'm working on. I also find it really hard to connect with my boyfriend because I feel like my parents weren't really there for me. Um, I don't feel like, like anytime I would talk about things that bothered me when I was younger, it was like, oh, you know, like you know, it's, it's not a big deal, slough it off, like suck it up buttercup type of attitude. Um, so I find myself like kind of really asking for a lot of reassurance in my, in my relationships. 
And I also am so worried about what the future is going to look like. Like I get really anxious thinking about all of the what ifs um, that could come from like, should I stay in this job? Should I pursue something else? I'm only 24. Should I start a family? Do I really want to start a family in this like social climate? So I'm coming in hopes that you can give me a diagnosis and I can kind of use that as my starting point. So first of all, this gives you guys a picture of like what an initial session could look like as a therapist yeah. right? where they just, they come in and here's the thing. I actually really enjoy the first like few sessions because I Same. really, really get to know a person, right? It's yeah. all information gathering. I am taking all of this information and as like Mari likes to say, you know, I'm laying out the puzzle pieces and putting them together to figure out the whole picture, right? Mm-hmm. That being said, <laughs> there are so many things that she brought up that a, I don't have enough information about, right? Is she paranoid because she had a traumatic upbringing and she was attacked before? Is she anxious because her friend has experienced things and now she's worried that's going to happen to her? Does she have a personality disorder based on how she was treated when she was younger, right? There, does she have ADHD and that's why she can't focus or is it trauma? There are so many layers to diagnosing a person, you guys, it's unreal. It would be irresponsible of me to just slap a diagnosis on mm-hmm. her the first session, right? Mm-hmm. Technically, when you work with an insurance company, you have to give a diagnosis. What we do as like a safeguard as therapists is we start with what's called an adjustment disorder. She's adjusting to living in a big city. There's a lot of things going on. She's anxious about things. And then over time, we change it based on what we see and what we've heard and what we've experienced and those kinds of things. I need to know timelines of things. How long has she felt this way? How often does she feel these things, right? Like mm-hmm. you really have to gather a lot of information. It's not, I see the snippet of her for 37 seconds and I'm like, it's what it is. So here's, let's, let's take it a step further. So everything that I just told you that I'm feeling paranoid, anxious, all these other things. Now say I get on social media. And there's this video that comes up that it's like, if you have any of the following, you could have trauma and it could be like, yeah, um, like intrusive thoughts that you can't stop thinking about things like always checking over your shoulder and your back Mm hypervigilant, like, like all, all of these things that all of the shit that I just spit out at stuff could technically fit that person's Mm -hmm. thought process of what trauma could be. And so I could be like, oh, fuck, I have trauma. Mm -hmm. What? What that doesn't what that's not even what like mm-hmm. I gave Steph criteria for probably six to seven different mm-hmm. diagnosis diagnose diagnoses mm-hmm. like there there was anxiety there was paranoia there was a personality disorder there and there there was ADHD there was potential trauma from family like there was so many different things mm-hmm. so that is just our disclaimer when you are saying that you resonate with certain things that people are expressing and they have certain uh, mental health diagnosis, I understand that that can feel very validating and that can feel, you can feel included, right? Of like, oh my God, like I, okay, I fit somewhere. Like Mm -hmm. I I feel this, right? I get that. The danger of doing that is one, potentially pigeonholing yourself into this one diagnosis Mm -hmm. that doesn't fit you. Now though, that you're saying it, you feel like you have to make it fit. Sure. And that's not, that's not going to suit you because then you're not getting the exact help that you need. There's certain modes of therapy that go with certain diagnoses. Like I'm not going to do DBT with somebody who's actively psychotic. 
Like we're really going to work on reality testing, grounding, coping skills. I'm not going to be like, let's challenge your thoughts. They're like, bitch, I don't know what's real. What's 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 real and what's not. What the fuck is there to challenge? There's a monster behind you. Like what? I'm like, what are you talking about? The FBI is trying to get me. What are you, what are you talking about? Challenge my thoughts. You're an idiot. Right. So like, I mean, then you're just missing the mark. You're sitting here telling me that you have this certain diagnosis and I'm trying to help you in that diagnosis of, of, okay, this mode of therapy kind of goes well with that. Or or like, Oh, that's not a diagnosis that I treat. I need to refer you out. Now I'm referring you to somebody who's like, they don't have that one. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's just this clusterfuck, right? That is our side tangent of be open to potentially going to the therapist, laying out all of the puzzle pieces and you guys coming together. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why I don't utilize insurances. I don't really like, I, I feel ambivalent about diagnosing. I love giving people a starting point to feel like that validation of like, okay, these symptoms aren't me. Mm-hmm. It's symptoms of That's this diagnosis. And I can, and yes, it's an experience and mm-hmm. I can move past that. I'm so much more than what this experience is. And I have the power to change that. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of come over to this other thing of like, you don't have to let that control you. Cause yep. some people can't say it's, it's hard for some people to stop at Like, okay, this is my jumping off point. Right. Some people are like, no, this is me. I was just going like, to say, this they is kind of like I don't want to say glom onto it because that sounds really offensive, but they internalize it as their entire existence and convince themselves that they can't be any different because that is who they are at their core. Right. And I've said this a million times, I resigned to being a depressed person. And I was like, I'm just a bitch, like fucking deal with it or don't deal with it. But like, for what? I don't like how, like a 10, like, like just 10 years of missing connections with people because mm-hmm. it was this thought process of, I don't want to like, it, it's just always going to be like this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like mine was the exact opposite, right? Like sure. My parents didn't go get me diagnosed or assessed, but I feel sure. like I didn't go until now because I was like, God, I really don't want that label on me. Like right now it's just kind of without a diagnosis. It's kind of like, Oh, that's cute. Like fun, flirty, like Mari loses her mind sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, but I behind the scenes worked really hard to find skills and t- tricks and, you know, little tips and certain things that help me to not forget things, to be more prepared mm-hmm. or to, to recognize a situation where I started to feel shame about something like my sister, my sister is phenomenal at knowing what we would need for a situation, right. Mm-hmm. Of like, okay, we're going to be gone, go on. We're going to be going at a park. Like we're going to be gone to a park. We need to pack these snacks, certain drinks. Okay. Probably four hours on to pack X, Y, Z. My ass would roll up with Sophia with like a, <laughs> a bag of fruit snacks for like the day. And I was like, we'll figure it out. And, but like, so was like, I'm so hungry. Like when she was like three or four. And so Tara was like, Oh no, don't worry. I got it. In those moments. I started to feel shame. of like, God, I'm a shitty mom. Like I can't even pack for my daughter. I can't do blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and this was like in the, the infancy of like work on yourself. Yeah. I was like, there's no need to feel shame. There's no need to feel any of that. It's a recognition of I don't like the way that I'm feeling right now. How do I combat that? I combat that. Well, okay. Tara's prepared and I am not. How can I be more prepared? Mm-hmm. What do I need? What does she have? She has food and she has water bottles. Maybe I could just leave some shit in my car. So then I'll always just have that. I don't have to pack every time I leave my house, but I could just put some protein bars in the car and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Done. Now I feel a little bit better about myself because I've done something that fits me 
I don't want to be her. I don't want to pack a suitcase full of snacks, but I don't just want to have a bag of fruit snacks for the day and be like, sure. let's ration these. Like, yeah. so it's, it's, you can take control, but it, it very much was like, maybe I don't want that label. But then I started recognizing to the point where it was like, okay, I really need a little bit of something because I'm using my skills. I'm using my tips, my tricks, all of these things. And it's still starting to get to the point where I'm like, my brain feels like word salad. Like I can't get the, like, it's like, I'll focus on one word and I'm like, if I can't get that word out, then I can't continue mm-hmm. this sentence or this conversation with somebody. And it's like, Ugh. so I remember when um, PMDD became a diagnosis, mm-hmm. which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And yeah. let me tell you, I've never felt more validated in my entire motherfucking life. Yes, bitch. When you are already predisposed to depression and then you add PMDD in the mix, when I tell you guys, I'm a fucking psychopath. Like Mari knows, Mari knows how terrible I can be. I don't think she's a psychopath. <laughs> I, I think she's Not a literal psychopath. I think she's spicy moody. <laughs> it's bad. Like I dislike myself for that, like a week where I'm like, I don't even want to be in my own company. Bughead swim yesterday and he earned mm-hmm. a gift card to Culver's. And of course, he's like, my mom would go to Culver's right now. And I'm like, Great. I'm going to fucking lose my mind if you ask me to go to Culver's. It was two days ago. So I'm like irritated and I'm like, I just want to fucking go home. My stomach hurts. Like this is how I'm like reacting to my eight-year-old who just wants to try Culver's for the first time. (laughs) Okay. And then I'm like, you're the fucking worst. So we didn't go because it was too busy. And as I'm driving home, I said to him, you know what? I'm sorry that I got upset with you that you wanted to go to Culver's. And he goes, I didn't think that you're upset. You just were frustrated because it was a long line. I said, no, I was angry and frustrated and taken out on you because I have a stomach ache and I don't feel good. And that wasn't mm-hmm. right. I don't want to act like that anymore. He didn't really understand the difference, but I needed to do that for me to not mm-hmm. shame myself as like, you're being a fucking shitty mom. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I am more isolative when I'm like this. I don't really respond to people in DMS. Mari and I don't Marco Polo as much because like, I just don't have it in me to do it. Right. And mm-hmm. if I have to work, I have to say the energy for clients, unfortunately, not yes. I don't want to, yeah. but like, that's my job. Yeah. But then people in my life suffer. And I recognize that because I'm closed off or I'm irritable and I don't want to talk. And it's a, it's a hard balance, but it's one that I'm willing to work on because living with that is it's brutal. It's obnoxious it sucks, but like it I'm is, doing everything that I can to make things better during that time, which is like having the mindset to know in three days, uh, this is going to go away. I'm not Mm going to feel like this in a few days. I just have Mm -hmm. to ride this out and I'm going to be okay. Um, so it can be, I don't know if I would call it liberating, validating, like to a have somebody that understands or B just have a label on something where you literally just felt like you yourself were just like, for lack of a better term, like going crazy where you're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, why mm-hmm. am I like this? Where like the smallest thing can send you into a rage. It's awful. Also something I want to point out is just because you fit diagnostic criteria for a diagnosis does not mean you are all of the diagnostic criteria that is listed in that diagnosis. That is something that is a big thing. Whereas like some people, um, yeah, like you could do a Google search of what depression looks like. You could do a Google search of what anxiety looks like. You could do a Google search of what ADHD looks like. So depression of like moody, withdrawn, isolative, suicidal, um, hopeless, lack of appetite, lack of sleep. Yes. Yes. And anxiety, you know, um, um, restlessness, 
poor Thank sleep. You, like go, go extreme though. Go extreme with it. Like can't function at work. Can't show you like, like, like some of these extremes, right. Or someone who has ADHD, like can't complete tasks on time. Can't no time management, blah, loses blah, blah, blah. Things, yeah. Things. Like loses things, forgets things. I don't lose shit. Um, and I definitely do not have poor time management skills. Time management is something I'm like hyper vigilant about mm-hmm. for no reason. I may be hyper vigilant as an excessive word because it's not like I have like hyper trauma. Aware. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't have like trauma history surrounding it. It's just like I maybe it's like a, a sticking point because my ex used to be like, you're late to everything. And I would be like, what? No, I'm not like maybe mm-hmm. a minute or two. But it's not like I was like, oh, it's at four. I'll be there at 430. Mm-hmm. But like maybe to like prove a point. I was like, Bleh. but anyways, um, so there is a spectrum in which a diagnosis, like the, the symptomology of a diagnosis fallen, right? It doesn't mean that because you're anxious, you are this, um, like you can't function, you're scatterbrained, you're mm-hmm. obsessive. You're, it doesn't, it could just be that there are certain things that cultivate a little, a little bit of this like physical response and this panic Um, or, you know, there's this one certain stimuli that really does create this anxiety for you. It's like, it, it doesn't have to be that you're just all of a sudden turn into this fucking mess that Mm -hmm. fits this, this mess that fits the stereotype that's online. You also have to understand it's online. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can go change somebody's Wikipedia page right now. Like you Mm -hmm. could do anything online, like (laughs) case in point, social media posts, (laughs) Uh, yes we're thriving no you're not (laughs) no you're not (laughs) no no guys you aren't you are not you aren't you aren't and I'm not either I posted that cute picture that cute story or that really fun thing and I just screamed at my kids (laughs) my mom like we're not doing well (laughs) and then call me and I'm like crabby she's like we looked fine on social media I'm like yeah it's social media I want to talk though like (laughs) I'm not gonna scream at people through my story (laughs) but I'll scream at you if you call me again. Like, yes, it's a highlight reel. And as much as people can be like, I'm putting myself out here. I'm being open and honest. They're only showing you what they want to show you. Exactly. Exactly. I, I feel like we are very vulnerable people on social media. Y'all do not know the real, you do not know the real Mari and the real stuff. It is very cultivated in the sense of like, I am protecting my peace. I will share some very vulnerable moments with you, especially on this, on this podcast, but there are things that are lock and key for mm-hmm. just me. And that is a okay. Yep. So please understand that just because there is this plethora of information, you are not all of that information to be able to be under that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. In the DSM, though, you do have to fit certain a certain number of criteria to mm-hmm. be under a certain diagnosis. So In don't a certain just be time like frame. Yes. Yeah, don't just be like that resonates with me. Okay, I have it. That's not how this works. Like, so I you also should I not be. DSM. Yeah. Oh my god, you should not have all of these things. In my mind, I was like, I have BPD. I am a fucking rager, or I'm histrionic. One of the two. Definitely a rager. Definitely. I, don't think, I never viewed you as histrionic because histrionic people are like oversexualized. I'm like. You. They use their sex appeal to get their point across. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm BPD. But then I'm like, Amber Heard is fucking histrionic. That's not me. That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> no, no. And then I like, I looked at, I was like looking at BPD and then I was kind of looking at ADHD and then I was like looking at Gemini and I was like, 
I mean, maybe, I, uh, yeah, I feel like we in your teenage years, everybody's a little BPD because we're all this like teenage angst and hormones. We don't, and we don't know identity. what we're doing. Right, right. And then I grew up in like these really, what, like last seven years or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, seven years. I'm like, no, you've worked really hard to be very mm-hmm. upfront, honest, straightforward, vulnerable, and calling yourself out on shit. So mm-hmm. maybe if you would have stayed married, you'd be BPD. So. My hope is you can come at this from two separate ways, potentially using going to therapy and receiving a diagnosis as a jumping off point to understand that you can feel validated, you can feel vindicated for what your experiences have been and be able to use that as like, okay, how do I transition going forward? And, or you can use that as like a self-acceptance point, right? Mm -hmm. Let's stop fighting what's there and understand that just because this label is being put on you doesn't mean that that's you like you are so much more than just that the same way we say it all the time of like you're so much more than your physical body you are so much more than what your mental health is Mm -hmm. like there are so many other aspects that make you you Steph is so much more than what depression has had she's so much more than her medical diagnoses she's so much more than than physical things that have happened to her I am so much more than being in a shitty marriage I am so much more than having been in a shitty marriage. I am so much more than my medical diagnosis. I'm so much more than my mental health diagnosis. Like what? Like I'm Mari. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't introduce myself as Mari with ADHD or Mari with celiac disease. I just say my name is Mari. Maybe you should. (laughs) (laughs) I might, I might. I do, I do, like, if we're out to eat, I do, I throw celiac out there immediately, because you know what, I'm not puking at this table. (laughs) I'm not going to shake my pants in your booth. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I'm not fucking doing? A migraine for two fucking weeks and brain fog, bitch, like, enjoying pain. Yes. All the, all the new fun things that keep happening to me. Got cross-contaminated and my back hurt for three fucking days. I was like, okay, so. It's the worst. But now I know I had a flare-up yesterday. Yeah. I have a period. So I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. I woke up thinking like, what the Mm -hmm. fuck is happening now? Like, I'm 38 and I'm decrepit apparently. (laughs) Somebody said shark week and I was like, oh, like your period. And they're like, no, like shark week. Like actual shark week. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I never refer to my period as Shark Week. I don't either. Actual Shark Week. I know, but I was like so like I've been so in it with like I've had a I have a lot of women who who deal with infertility struggles and that's a a, um, trigger. a trigger for them or like people who are trans that's a dysphoric moment mm-hmm. for them. So I was like, oh, and she was like, no, on the TV. <laughs> I'm sorry. We tuck my therapist back in. Whoopsie. Uh, all right. So you can find Steph at the spooky therapist. I am at BEA underscore XO 11. We are at rewriting her story podcast on Instagram and YouTube, like share, subscribe, comment, anything. We love it all. You can email us questions, concerns, or comments at rewriting her story podcast at gmail.com. Any topics you want covered. We are always open. These two topics were suggested by clients of mine and something that we talk about frequently. So we do listen, we mm-hmm. do, we do respond. Um, yeah. Until next time.
Bye. Bye.